Good afternoon, boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out. Once again, the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing, and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. Let's go, fight fans. Let's talk about our weekend of boxing. We already had one big event that happened actually happened yesterday. I really don't like Friday fights. I know some people prefer the Friday fights from yesteryear. I don't like Friday fights. I prefer on Saturday or Sunday just because, you know, people are working, they're at their jobs. You know, Friday's not a good day for that because you get home, you're tired, you're doing with your kids, you're whatever. I like the weekend. You know, you're off work. You don't have your kids not to go to school. You can just kind of marinate in the cut and enjoy a good fight. And so that fight happened on the uh, last night. Happened on a... I was, you know, I want to just level set, okay? I've, I watch some of these and I see the reaction from people. That's what I usually do first before I talk to you guys. And then I see this overreaction from people. Like people just kind of go crazy or they make gross comparisons to fights of the past and they don't, they don't seem to get it. So I am not going to do what they're going to do. I'm going to talk about this fight and I'll do my analysis of what I believe and felt and I'm not dismissing either guy in the fight just to be level set. So the one we missed, if you didn't catch it, hopefully you did, but if you didn't catch it, Emmanuel Navarrete made his return. He was fighting against Liam Wilson. This is at the 130-pound weight limit. Uh, It was for a vacant title. Emmanuel Navarrete, he was perceived as the big star here, and largely what happened in the early stages of this was shocking. Liam Wilson, who was unheralded, but I'm going to talk about that in a second, but he was unheralded. Nobody expected Liam Wilson to stand a strong shot, but when you're dealing with a vacant title on the line, it seems like even the lesser echelons step up to the plate. You don't see in the vacant fights where it's just a complete blowout, except for you know Crawford and all the stuff he did at 140. But when I'm watching this, right, so fights going, they're they're going at it. It's clear Liam Wilson's here to show. He's he's here to win this thing. Fourth round. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, I don't understand the sequence, but basically, they're going at it. Liam Wilson lands a beautiful shot. Navarrete goes down. He's hurt. Mouthpiece gets spit, Navarrete. And then there's this weird thing where it looked like Wilson hit Navarrete when he was down, but the ref was giving Navarrete a long count. So it's like it, <laughs> it was a wash. It was a very bizarre exchange. Now, Navarrete, he recovered. He got back, went on to stop Wilson in the ninth round wins the WO title. So all respect to both guys in the fight. And I don't, again, I don't understand the sequence. People were talking about, you know, Corrales Castillo. No, that's not what I saw. Um, I would, I would hearken it closer to um, Humberto Soto versus Francisco Lorenzo, but we had a slightly different, it went different, right? Because in that one, the ref Joe Cortez, who was incompetent, stopped that fight because of the hit on the on the down but here the ref let it continue i applaud them letting it continue i'm saying that the sequence it felt very similar in, in what it was other than the blood because lorenzo uh and soto was a bloody mess but i'm saying the sequence felt very it brought back memories of soto lorenzo so in this one kudos to both navarrete and liam wilson for pulling that out a really good fight if you get a chance to check it out i do recommend it. it's on unfortunately it's on espn I, I'm sorry, but unfortunately it's on ESPN. But if you get a chance to check that out, please do. 
The other fight that we wrapped up was uh, Arnold Barboza versus Jose Pedraza. Barboza gets his hand raised over 10 of unanimous decision. People were not really impressed with Barboza's performance in the fight. Of course, they feel like he doesn't have the power to really contend with the upper echelon. And I've always called Jose Pedraza a gatekeeper. Hopefully it's clear to people like NSB and others that why I call him a gatekeeper. It's not a demean on the guy. It's just at the end of the day, we're at the point where he can't show up. He he performs like visually. He comes in there and he comes to fight. It's not that he doesn't come to fight. Every gatekeeper does. It's that he can't get it done. He can't pull a trigger. He can't get over. So every time, yeah, he's going to really test you, but he's not going to win it, right? That's a gatekeeper definition. So that's what we saw. But again, Barboza was able to get his hand raised. It wasn't, it didn't seem like it was very exciting of a fight at least to me, but the fans certainly were engaged because, you know, those kind of fans, they support their boxers unlike the rest of us. So let's talk about what's upcoming on the correct day that it's supposed to be. we got a couple of top-level events happening. These are both on zone, by the way. Uh, women's action, a return of Amanda Serrano. She's defending now against Cruz. Listen, this fight is not going to excite you very much. And that's not saying anything negative about Cruz because Cruz is a really good fighter in her own right, Erica Cruz. By the way, the reason I say it's not going to excite you is because Cruz is a decision fighter. She is she is not going to impress you from, from what I've seen in the past anyway. She's not going to impress you in how she goes out there and fights. Whereas Serrano, although Serrano has two losses, don't let that fool you. Serrano is a much more well-rounded boxer overall. And again, this isn't saying that Cruz is a bum or any of that, just that I don't think it's anywhere close in level. If we see Erica Cruz pull something out and completely shock the world, even in loss, but in her performance, shock the world, it tells us something. It tells us that, you know, perhaps Serrano's on that decline. Serrano's 34 years old, so she's getting a little bit up there. But I'm saying from what I see, I don't, I don't even, I don't know why we're even wasting the fight, but I'll give it a fair chance for what it is. On the undercard of this fight, same event, like I said, uh, Richardson Hitchens. I don't know anything about him. I want to talk about his opponent because his opponent's the one to look at. Richardson Hitchens fighting John Bowser. John Bowser, I've watched a couple of his fights. He's very, he's unheralded, but he's, I like his style. I like his approach. He's a southpaw, young kid. He's, he's not the tallest guy and he doesn't have amazing levels of reach, but he seems to be able to work with what he's got. He's been in the game a pretty good amount of time. He doesn't, he's not going to impress you with knockouts. He's more fundamental, but I see this one as both guys are undefeated. I see this one as potentially going to really show something from Bowser. Hitchens is expected to pull it out. Hitchens is expected to stop Bowser. I'm saying that from what I saw of Bowser, at least I wouldn't count on that. For me, it feels like Bowser is going to show Either he's going to take Hitchens the distance, which is not unexpected, or he gets a W, not unexpected. That's what I see from past fights of the guy. Could get it wrong, but that's what I saw. And then also uh, making her return, Alicia Baumgartner. She's making her return against um, Ellen McCollin. I don't know anything about Ellen McCollin. Of course, I know Baumgartner, big fan of Baumgartner. I think Baumgartner got a bum rap, frankly, in the fight. In the one fight she lost, I think she got a raw deal on that one, but... I do think that um, she's a solid fighter, really good person, um, really nice person. And McCollid, I was looking at McCollid's resume. McCollid doesn't, I've never heard of many of these folks, but she has more experience as far as rounds in the books. 
than Baumgartner. So I, I'm pretty sure she'll come to fight. I'm pretty sure that she will show that she is serious about this. And in terms of styles, it feels like a good pairing, a good matchup. So I think it's a fight worth watching. I'm not going to dismiss either. I think it's a good fight worth watching. I don't even want to call this one because my gut tells me that Baumgartner gets a W by decision, but McCall it again seems like she does show up. So who knows? Anything could happen in that fight. The other fight that I've got my eye on um, for silly reasons, but I got my <laughs> eye on this one. It's another woman's fight, featherweight. Sky Nicholson's fighting Tanya Alvarez, and I've got my eye on Tanya Alvarez. Couple reasons. One of them is a selfish reason. First of all, they both have an equivalent level of experience. It's actually funny. Nicholson debuted just last year. She already has 36 fights or rounds, I should say, in the books. But here's the funny thing. Nicholson doesn't have any knockouts at all, none. So she's won all of her fights by decision. She's a southpaw. She's short. She's very short. Her range isn't all that great. It feels like Alvarez, from my eyes, and I'll get to this in a second, you're going to shake your head, but from my eyes, Alvarez should completely blitz and destroy Nicholson. From my eyes. Alvarez has never lost herself. Alvarez does have knockouts, though not a lot. She does have knockouts. She also has more. She has the same number of rounds in the books, but it seems like she has more stylistic appeal. Stylistic appeal by which I mean the intent to try to get somebody out of there. Now, the fact that Nicholson is a southpaw may play a factor in her favor, hopefully, because, again, I'm cheering on everybody that I see up on deck, but I'm just I'm going to close out my update here and tell you I'm really excited to see uh, Alvarez and see where she goes, and I'm cheering for her 100%. Now, fundamentally, Nicholson should win, if only because of a different style matchup, you know, Southpaw and um, different reach. But my my heart tells me, and I'll get to this in a second, my heart tells me that Alvarez is going to get the W on this one, possibly likely by decision, it's my guess. Um, if she does, I'm I'm a big fan now. Let me close out by saying, and I'll be straight up honest with you, Tanya Alvarez, I don't know if you've, if you've gotten a chance to see this woman. She is one of the most beautiful female fighters I think I've ever seen in the game. And we've had quite a few, but she just stands out visually. Um, and so she has a very strong um, following, uh, and she is, she is she's appealing. And so the reason that I know some of you like it doesn't matter. It matters because what happens is you're more likely to get promoted and more likely to get big fights when you are physically appealing. When you are visually appealing, people want to see you because you're attractive. You are more likely to get those fights primarily because you are visually appealing. I know some people don't like that. That's just the truth and the fact of the matter. So I am no different in this. It is there is an attraction factor that plays when you're dealing with marketing and she has it. She's got something about her that's, that's, you can sell it. You can sell it to not only fans of women's fighting, but you can also sell it to men and you can sell it to Mexicans and you can sell it to women in general. Like you can sell her. And so I see if she can pull this out, if they do it right, there could be big things in the future and she could help support a very weak women's division in boxing. And we, let's be honest, it's weak. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Combat Talk Radio, Masterpiece Boxing, found at combattalkradio.net. 
I want to thank you for listening today, whether you are a subscriber or not. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you for being here. Just to remind those that are new to the show, Combat Talk Radio records every Friday, so once a week in the Pacific time zone. And then Lifeblood of Boxing series, which is our coverage of the boxers I think are worth your time and give to the sport. That's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month I'll have a release until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering for Lifeblood of Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combattalkradio.net at the bottom. Hit comments, feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you, and we are open to that feedback. We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss, and we don't know why. So if somebody knows why or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments, and we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there. Right now they're on the podcast not on the YouTube for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, that'll do it, and I will see you guys next week.